Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Joyce Barry and Friends, the number one worldwide radio show. The show's outrageous and it's contagious. It will lift your spirits high, you'll feel that you can fly. Transform your attitude, fill it with gratitude. Cut loose and improvise, it's coaching time today. Joyce is a great coach with an extraordinary approach. Fast on the upbeat, top of the heap. A wild motivator, great stimulator. Unstoppable in a humoristic way. Life lessons with passion, joyfully today. You want Joyce as your coach if you want this to be your best year ever. I so want this to be your best year ever, folks. Coach Joyce here. I want it to be my best year ever. I want it to be the best year ever for Rabbi Joseph Potasnik, his friends and family. I want it to be the best year ever for Israel. I want it to be the best year ever for all our friends in America and worldwide. Happy and healthy Hanukkah to one and all. Let us appreciate and celebrate the joys of Hanukkah. With us to lead us is Rabbi Joseph Potasnik, Executive Vice President of the New York Board of Rabbis. Enjoy the story of Hanukkah, the traditions, the festivities, and so much more. Whether you celebrate Hanukkah or not, this show is delightful for people of all faiths. Happy Hanukkah, Rabbi. What can you tell our folks about this amazing holiday? Well, since ninth, first of all, happy Hanukkah to you, and thank you for all that you do, not only for the Jewish people, but for uh, all good people everywhere. Uh, since 1900, Hanukkah and Christmas have only coincided four times, so it's not something that uh, happens each year, obviously. Uh, but I think the fact that we have this juxtaposition this year is a major statement in a pluralistic society. Uh, I've been to a number of candle lightings uh, where Jews and Christians stood together, uh, wished each other happy holidays, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, uh, walked away with great respect for one another and didn't compromise their own identity. Uh, I find it interesting, you know, a candle uh, can light the other candles and it doesn't diminish its own integrity by lighting other candles. So you can give to others, and it doesn't take away from what you have. And Hanukkah and Christmas prominently displayed say how fortunate we are to live in a society where there's no interference uh, by outsiders, there's no imposition uh, by outsiders. We can be whom we want to be. I'm sure, Joyce, your parents taught you as mine taught me, be an original, don't be a copy. Uh, Don't try to imitate someone else, be who you are. And Hanukkah says you have the right to practice your faith as you want, uh, as others have the right to do the same with their respective faiths, and it it is not interfering, it is not in any way influencing, it is simply a a statement of separate and yet together as one uh, human family. 
Rabbi, why don't you tell the folks a little bit about the story of Hanukkah, how it came to be? Well, it's interesting. It happened second century, uh, 168, we say B.C., before the Common Era. The Syrian Greeks uh, were the ruling group, and uh, they said to the Jews, you can be Jews as long as you follow our rules. No circumcision, no Sabbath, no kosher. In other words, we're going to take away some of the elements which happen to be fundamental in Jewish faith, and we're going to allow you to call yourselves Jews, but in reality, you'll be practicing as we practice, because the Syrian Greeks couldn't tolerate uh, anybody who was different. Um, And what they did was they desecrated the temple, they took the oil, they impurified it, because they knew uh, by opening up the seals, that way the Jews couldn't uh, uh, celebrate as they wanted to. An interesting question was asked, why didn't they smash the menorahs? They could have gone into the temple and just smashed the menorahs. Why do they go to this painstaking task of breaking seals of oil and, uh, you know, unintentionally leaving a little bit? And the answer, I think, is because they were saying to the Jews, you can celebrate, but it's our oil, which is reminiscent of a period in our history when we were so dependent on others uh, and were so afraid that we were going to do something to uh, antagonize those uh, who needed our oil. So uh, the Jews rose up in rebellion. Uh, People know the name Judah Maccabee, the Maccabees, who came back and said, they said not only to the Syrian Greeks, but they said to the Hellenists, you know, there were Jews who said, look, if we were only like everybody else, they wouldn't bother us. Uh, Reminds me of what, you know, Jews in Germany were saying pre-Hitler, that if only we were just like all the others, we don't, you know, uh, show difference, they will like us. It's a pretty sad commentary when you think in order to be liked by others, you have to resemble them fully. So Syrian Greeks uh, met their defeat uh, at the hands of the Maccabees. And uh, the prayer book says that there were a few who were victorious over the many. It was, uh, you know, a uh, not a quantitative victory, a qualitative victory, uh, where the few were able to destroy the mighty army, just as Israel, surrounded by all of its enemies uh, and all the wars, was able to be victorious. So as a result of all of this, and Jews fought back, being victorious, celebrating Hanukkah, a little bit of oil that lasted eight days, uh, it says to us how great it is to be able to take pride in who you are and not to have to say that I am you know, copying someone else. There are many who hide their identity. You know, They think by somehow... Uh, looking like everybody else, sounding like everybody else. People will think they're like everybody else. But we've come to know over the years that uh, that is not going to protect you. Ultimately, what protects you is uh, your faith in uh, your people, your faith in God, your ability to stand together. So Hanukkah is a considered a minor holiday, but it's a minor holiday with a, uh, a major message. And certainly in America, uh, you see, because of its proximity to Christmas, uh, it's achieved even more prominence and people say look uh, we both have lights Uh, we both have a responsibility to bring more light and love into the world Uh, it's interesting there's one candle uh, that stands higher than all the others and its sole purpose is to light the other candles and what does that say to us that if you bring light to others if you're able to help others uh, you stand a little bit higher Uh, so this is a time to remember all of those who, who give so much, you know, think of our armed forces, uh, Hanukkah, Christmas, no matter what the holidays, they're there to protect us. They give light. Uh, they stand higher. Uh, 
Think of, uh, you know, they have people who are still risking their lives to save Syrian refugees, and, you know, those hurting Israel uh, has made its uh, doors open in terms of the hospitals for Syrians who are hurting. They stand higher. All of those who make a difference, uh, who try to uh, protect and preserve, uh, I think they are like that shamish candle, one that serves others uh, by uh, always being there uh, to give light and love and loyalty. And, Rabbi, let's explain to the people about the miracle of Hanukkah, because that's a big part of it, that the oil lasted for eight days, yeah. but they so, only had enough oil for one day. Yeah, yeah. That was, You've seen that contemporary cartoon where there's a little bit of power in your cell phone that you think is going to last for just a few minutes and somehow miraculously it lasts for a longer <laughs> time. So that's the, that's, the, that's the takeoff on Hanukkah. But, you know, there are a few miracles on Hanukkah. One... Of course, they found a little bit of oil, which lasted eight days. And um, so what's the, well, why is eight days so significant? Because it took eight days to get a new supply of oil. So they were able to have enough oil until they could replenish uh, the supply of oil. The second miracle, I think, is the fact that they even bothered to look. Imagine you walk into that scene of devastation. You see that which is precious to you, uh, having been desecrated, it's very easy to become despondent. It's very easy to say, look, there's no use continuing. This temple will not be, you know, uh, in use anymore. And what happened? They rededicated, uh, they replenished, they rebuilt, and here we are today. So I think it's another statement uh, of that irrepressible uh, commitment. We're not going to give up. You know, they say in Israel, we will because we must. Uh, no one is going to... Uh, deter us from being proud Jews. As, by the way, years ago, I remember being in uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral for a midnight mass. It was the cardinal then, Cardinal O'Connor, who said to the congregants, I'm not looking for Jews to become Christians, and I'm not asking for Christians to become Jews. I want Jews to be proud Jews. I want Christians to be proud Christians. And uh, we, uh, we can stand there with great pride in who we are and still pride uh, in one another. So it's a great time of year. Uh, you walk through the streets of New York, and uh, you would be shocked by the number of Hanukkah menorahs you see in so many places. Uh, Christmas trees, you're not shocked to see because obviously there are many more Christians than Jews. But the fact that we can achieve this equal position by saying you're important and I'm important too, uh, I think is a, a major message for all to see. And I only wish in other countries uh, you'd have that same kind of respect. I mean, look at look at you have bombings of churches um, in 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 Egypt and in other places. You hide in America threats made on churches and house, uh, synagogues. We had a, a raised uh, alert here in New York uh, during Christmas and Hanukkah, the beginning of uh, Christmas and Hanukkah, where we were told that ISIS says we're going to target houses of worship. So, uh, you know, we take for granted, thank God, that we could walk into a house of worship and pray as we wish. There are others who want to take that privilege away from us. So uh, it really is the, the light in the face of darkness. It's the goodness in the face of evil. Uh, and we will not uh, in any way relinquish our right to be who we are as we don't want others uh, uh, to be who they are. So it's, it's, Hanukkah is really for all people then. Uh, it's, it's, it's a historical event where everybody can say, wow, uh, the Maccabees stood up for Jews, and they stood up for the right of all people uh, to practice their belief freely. So it's, 
it's a particular festival with a universal message. And the word Hanukkah, I believe, means the rededication. And that was, of course, the rededication of the temple. Could you just elaborate a little bit on that history? Yeah. Uh, Look, the temple for us, the temple for us is the, uh, it's the sacred of sacred. Uh, It's that special place, the Holy of Holies, where uh, the high priest would would bring, there were sacrifices offered. But it was like a, you know, today Catholics have obviously a Vatican. Uh, Well, Jews have the Holy Temple. And now we only have the retain one of the walls, one of the retaining walls, uh, which we call the Western Wall. But that was the place where people would travel for all of the festivals uh, to be there, not only to practice but to participate in this communal gathering, uh, to be there with one another. So the temple was, you know, this this place for us, of assembly, this place where we could all stand with one another. And when you look at the story of Hanukkah choice, I think what makes it even more special is there's no reference to orthodox conservative reform. It's, you know, it's us against them who wanted to hurt us. And the us means all of us. You know, we spend a lot of time dividing people from one another. Hanukkah is a unifying story. Uh, so the temple was a place where we all were together. The temple was the place where uh, God said, you're all uh, welcome in my particular home here. So uh, the temple is special, uh, but Hanukkah, again, uh, is a collective celebration. Uh, It's not just for one group, it's for all groups. And we need more experiences that bring us together as one people. Uh, I think, uh, you know, people get confused. You said earlier in our earlier show uh, about the, they ask you which way do you light the candles. I think why it's confusing, if I got this right, you place the candles from right to left, but light the candles from left to right. Why on earth does that matter? Uh, well, you know, uh, it's an interesting question, and, you know, I, I walk around sometimes and I pass a building and I'll see them on the other side and I'll say to the doorman, whoever there is there, look, could you put them on the other side? You get it wrong. Uh, the reason is interesting. There were two different schools of thought. One said we, we should go, you know, you start with eight, seven, six, five, four, three. Start with the, the last candle and go down to one remaining day. The other school said, no, you start with one and go up to eight. So what we do is we say, well, both of you are valid in your points of view. You can both be right. So we put it the eighth candle first, and then we light the new candle. You know, so it's right to left, as you said. You put the candles in there, showing that we respect the point of view that said you start with eight, but we light them new one first to show yes, it's one day then the second day. So it's an interesting statement about showing how we can live with different opinions. Uh, we're talking about here the schools of Hillel and Shammai, the different as to how you light the candles. But the biggest story is that you and I, and certainly we, we've seen, unfortunately, uh, in this country, a climate that is divisive. But religiously here we're saying we can have different approaches and we're both equals. We're both you know, on that menorah together. And by the way, each candle is the same on the same height as the other. So you have a Hanukkah, you know, the menorah refers to the Sabbath candles, the Hanukkah, the Hanukkah candles. But when you look at it, you see every candle standing on the same height level. They're all equal. And doesn't that remind us that we have different branches, we have common roots, 
different branches, but all the branches are equal to one another. Nobody has a monopoly on holiness. Nobody should be able to say, only my opinion is right, yours is not. And Hanukkah, again, has that inclusive message. That was a great answer to the question. I never could quite figure that out. uh, Finally, I answered something you didn't know, because since I've known (laughs) you, I've been trying to find out one thing that I didn't know that you know, that I I knew that you didn't, and we finally arrived. It took the Hanukkah miracle. I want to say I consider you one of the most highly intelligent people I know, highly intelligent from all the people. I I talk to someone every day, a a best-selling author, a leader, but you're so highly intelligent that you knew right away when I invited you to be on our show, you knew to say yes. That's my definition of highly intelligent. I can't argue your judgment in people. You have impeccable judgment. (laughs) Who might disagree with you? I also consider you extremely funny. I really want to do a comedy show with you. But to add a little humor here and now, uh, I just wanted to uh, mention some of the differences between Hanukkah and Christmas. I also love Christmas because I love the songs. I love the Christmas stories. They touch my heart. I love the movies. Uh, So I just want to add a little humor. These are the major differences. Christmas is one day, same day, every year, December 25. Uh, Hanukkah is eight days. It starts the evening of the 24th of Kislev, whenever that falls. No one is ever sure. Jews never know until a non-Jewish friend asks when Hanukkah starts, forcing us to consult a calendar. Christmas is a major holiday. Hanukkah is a minor holiday with the same theme as most Jewish holidays. They try to kill us. We survive. Let's see. <laughs> Have you ever heard that one? No, I've heard it. They try to kill us. We survive. Let's see. Christians get wonderful presents such as jewelry, perfume, stereos. Jews get practical presents such as underwear, socks, uh, books, or better yet, guilt, which is money. There's only one, two ways to spell Christmas, X-M-A-S and Christmas spelled out with Hanukkah. There's so many starting with C, starting with H, ending with H, ending with A. Christmas is a time of great pleasure for husbands and boyfriends. Their partners expect special gifts. Jewish men are relieved of that burden. No one expects a diamond ring on Hanukkah. Christmas brings enormous electric bills. Candles are used for Hanukkah. Not only are we spared enormous electric bills, but we feel good about not contributing to the energy crisis. Christmas carols are beautiful, silent night, commonly faithful. Hanukkah, there's one or two songs. That's all we have. But the caveat is that we all know that almost all Christmas songs were written by Jews, and certainly the most famous one of all, White Christmas by Irving Berlin. A home preparing for Christmas smells wonderful, smell of cookies and cakes. Happy people are gathered around in festive moods. A home preparing for Hanukkah smells of oil, potato, and onions. The home is always is full of loud people all talking at once, so we go to a Chinese restaurant to eat. Uh, Christian women have fun baking Christmas cookies. Jewish women burn their eyes and cut their hands grating potatoes and onions for lots 
not just on Hanukkah, another reminder of our suffering throughout the years. And finally, parents deliver gifts to their children during Christmas. Jewish parents have no qualms about withholding a gift on any of the eight nights. So, of course, that's all in good humor, because I know, Rabbi, that you have an incredible sense of humor. Well, you know, I, some of those I, I haven't heard, but it, it is it is true, you know, Christians say put Christ back in Christmas because it's too commercial, and Jews say mm-hmm. put the ch back in Hanukkah because <laughs> you know when you hear people pronouncing Hanukkah, yeah, uh, it, it's not because it's hard in English obviously to find the corresponding ch the chet uh, sound, but it's really you know I, I'm I'm listening to you and you're talking you know so beautifully about two holidays, each one important to the other, um, although I have to say Hanukkah is pretty lucky. Because can you imagine, I, I had a pr- professor at, at school used to say the following, Sukkot Tabernacles is a major holiday. Hanukkah is a minor holiday. If Moses were to come back and walk through the streets, let's say, of Manhattan, around Hanukkah, he would say, my God, if this is how the Jews observe Hanukkah, a minor holiday, could you imagine what they must do with Sukkot, <laughs> a major holiday? Well, the truth is, Sukkot doesn't get the attention of Hanukkah. So the fact that it comes near Christmas um, is, you know, is to its uh, good luck. Uh, I will say this. It's nice to be able to wish each other holidays as they are. You know, there's happy holidays, there's generic. Uh, I understand it's well-intentioned, but at the end of the day, it's not accurate. Uh, People want to know that you're wishing them a Merry Christmas. Jews want to know you're wishing them a Happy Hanukkah. Uh, The holidays doesn't really cut it. I understand people don't want to offend, but there's nothing wrong with saying to someone who wishes you a Merry Christmas. Well, for me, it's Hanukkah. For you, it's Christmas. And let's celebrate, you know, our separate holidays. Uh, so, uh, I think when people say Happy Holidays, this is what my take on it is where they really don't know the person is Jewish or Christmas. Otherwise, they would say Merry Christmas to you, yeah. Happy Hanukkah to you. I think that's a great thing when you don't know where, where, where people are. I mean, who would know you're Jewish? Nobody would ever think <laughs> you're Jewish, listening to you, talking with you. You would never know. This is, you know, it's a surprise to me when I found out you were Jewish. Uh, well, I will say one little story. I did go to Hebrew school. Uh, I didn't complete it. No, no, no. I just have to tell the truth. I didn't graduate from Hebrew school. I did go. The problem started when we were preparing a, a, a play on uh, Esther from uh, the, the the story of Esther, and I wanted to be Esther, of course. And when they didn't get you? Yeah. <laughs> when they didn't give me the lead, I had to quit Hebrew school. So the next thing, within the week, there and this is a true story. I remember like yesterday, there was a delegation that came to my house begging me to come back and that they would give me the lead, and I said too late. And so I never finished Hebrew school. I want you to be clean I feel sorry for the young woman who got the part because she probably had to leave the neighborhood too. She was threatened. Probably had to go to a witness protection program. But, so uh, I had to settle in my lifetime from being Queen Esther to Queen of Radio. Wow. Well, that's not a bad. You didn't exactly uh, do poorly on that. You did. You did well. Uh, but it's never too late. They're all there's, Purim comes every year. I'll see to it that down in Florida, uh, they select you as Queen Esther. All right, let well, me see what, what I, I can do. 
You know, I read so much up on the Bible, and I listen to stories on TV that depict the Bible. There were a few, and only in the last week, Solomon and Sheba, you know, all those kind of good stories from the old days with Supercast. But anyway, I, I do love the Christmas songs, and as I said, so many of them were written or sung by Jews. So, you know, it does cross lines, and we should not only love each other uh, for who they are and respect the differences, we can appreciate the differences, but always be true to ourselves. You know, I was reading Irving Berlin told a fascinating story. He said his checking account was much larger than it should have been. The reason is he often would write a check, give it to someone for whatever the cause was, or whatever the, you know, the expense was. There were people who knew Irving Berlin was famous and would become more famous. They wouldn't cash the check because they felt that by holding on to his signature, uh, that would be of greater value one day. So he looked at his checking account and he said, my God, they're not cashing my checks. So he really had much more in it than, uh, than needed to be, which shows you the appreciation for someone of value. And also they wanted to make more money for themselves. No, that's a great story. That is a great story. So uh, I wonder, Rabbi, do they cash your checks? Uh, they do right away because they're afraid they're not going to clear. So the minute I write them, they, they walk with me to the bank just to make sure the money is there. I want to talk a little bit about the Hanukkah traditions. So we know about the lighting of the candles. What other traditions would you like to talk about well, regarding Hanukkah? Every doctor makes a living because of Hanukkah because you eat enough of the, uh, the donuts and the potato pancakes filled with oil you have cholesterol issues. So uh, it's a doctor's dream. It helps pay uh, for their kids' tuition and mortgage payments. Uh, but you look at Hanukkah is about oil. Uh, so foods, anything you know, with oil in them uh, becomes very popular. The dreidel, playing the games, which is an interesting background that the whole dreidel, the spinning top with the Hebrew letters on them, was a subterfuge because Jews who lived under difficult times wanted to study their tradition. And, you know, if they were found by the Syrian Greeks or by others, uh, they would be punished for, for studying Torah. So what they did was they played this game of spinning a top while they were secretly studying Torah or talking about Torah uh, with uh, of the different verses of the Torah, which they would discuss amongst one another. But it was a uh, look at what we've done. Uh, we've preserved those traditions, even though today... Thankfully, we live in a country where you don't have to worry about practicing. But I met uh, a wonderful gentleman named Saeed Abedini, who was in prison in Iran. Matter of fact, uh, I'll get you his information. Maybe you can have him on one of your programs. Saeed Abedini is a Christian pastor. He was imprisoned in Iran because he was a Christian. So here we are talking about, you know, openly playing with the dreidel, that spinning top today, no problem. Years ago, Syrian Greeks... Uh, would punish Jews if they caught them studying Torah. And here you have an Iran today and other places. You know, practice your tradition, you're putting your life in danger. We've seen this in, 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 in too many locales, too many places where just walking into a house of worship uh, put yourself in a very, very uh, compromised position. 
Uh, I know people talk about a Hanukkah bush, people that miss having a Christmas tree, or maybe it's a mixed marriage. Uh, in Jewish tradition, do they recognize that as something, the Hanukkah bush, or it's just something people do no, you know, to, to amuse you, themselves? You know, when I, when I uh, started with you, uh, I said that we are originals. We don't want to be copies. Um, I, I, don't think, I don't think Christians appreciate the fact that Jews want to somehow imitate the, the tree by a Hanukkah bush or Santa Claus by Sam the Hanukkah man. Uh, I think we we want we want to have our individuality, and you know there's enough beauty to Hanukkah, enough beauty to Hanukkah that you can observe it separately, and yet learn about the other. What's happening, however, today is we're living in a society where mixed marriage is the reality of the day. Yeah. So you see what's called krismuka, you know the combination uh, of the two. You yes. See, right. Right. Trying to bring look. I'm not going to knock people who try to do that. I recognize they're coming from two different belief systems and want somehow to synthesize. I think, <laughs> I think it's difficult. I, I was reading an article recently where the author said what he does in his home, and it was a mixed marriage, one room has a Hanukkah menorah, one room has a Christmas tree. But he doesn't put them next to each other because what he wants to say is you have your space and you have your space. And I would hope that people appreciate that, but it is an uphill battle because um, some, for some it's just easier to combine it into one celebration. They both have lights. They both have gifts. You know, so let's have one tree uh, for, for all. Call it a bush. Call it a tree. Whatever you want. It symbolizes both of our traditions. That's not the way it was intended to be, but we don't gain by knocking people. I can disagree. I can disapprove, but... They still, you know, people, we want everybody to come through our doors. And one of the things we learn is by opening doors as widely as possible, many will walk through. By closing them, they're not coming through. So let's stop with the closing of the doors and writing people off and telling people they're not good enough or their, their viewpoints don't matter at all. Let's say, look, we have a different approach. You have your approach. But we want to somehow continue the conversation. We want to continue to communicate. And hopefully... Uh, people will make a decision and say, you know, maybe it's better if we have one tradition rather than two, uh, or if we're going to have two, let's separate them rather than synthesizing them. You know, uh, I agree with that. And But it is a shame that there's only just a couple of Hanukkah songs. Uh, there's a takeoff one. I'll just share one verse. You must remember this. A bris is still a bris. A high is just a high. Pastrami still belongs on rye as time goes by. So sometimes we have to take a little from something else to get our message across. Yeah, look, uh, again, we owe... <clears throat> The prominence of Hanukkah to the importance of Christmas. Hanukkah never would have been given such attention were it not for Christmas. So thanks to our Christian neighbors who are very proud, as they should be, of their festival, we were able to say, look, we have a holiday too. Um, I believe I told you once about a fascinating, the first Hanukkah Christmas observance uh, at Ground Zero. <coughs> I was there. And we have this tall Christmas tree. We have a smaller menorah. And carpenters, all of whom were Christian, came and built a platform. So the Hanukkah tree 
and the the, the uh, I'm sorry, the Christmas tree and the uh, and the Hanukkah menorah would be of the same height. They built the platform so each one was 20 feet high, rather than the original where you have a 20-foot high Christmas tree, a nine-foot tall uh, menorah. They made it the same, and I thought that was a great statement that in America. Hanukkah and Christmas can stand side by side as equals, and no one hurts the other. So that was the that first Hanukkah Christmas statement. observed at, at Ground Zero. Yeah, I hadn't heard that before. That that's that is a great statement. See, that's another thing I hadn't heard before. Uh, what to you of all the holidays is your favorite of the Jewish holidays? That's a good question. I like holidays that are happy and bring people together. Uh, I think we, have an, we certainly have sad occasions in life. We have memorials. We have all kinds of commemorations focused on the tragedies of life, which we should have. But I look forward when we can celebrate the beauty of our tradition as one people, as one family, uh, without building walls that, you know, uh, divide us, uh, where we can say this is our holiday. So whether it's Hanukkah or Sukkot or Passover, they're all great. Uh, they're all special because uh, we come together as one people, and we need to see more of that. The middle letter of the Bible is the Vav, which is a conjunctive, the word and. And is a very important word in religious tradition, not but, uh, not either or those words, but and. You and I both matter, both count, both celebrate. Uh, so any holiday that has the theme of and um, is one that I love. Yes, and I do love the Hanukkah. It's my personal favorite. Uh, and the Passover, uh, you know, I love when people open their doors to Christian folks to join the Passover celebration. I think that's very cool as well. Uh, Rabbi, I want to ask you uh, to bestow a blessing, your personal blessing for people. I always like to hear, uh, you know, your blessing. So what would you say to bless folks at this time? I would say that let all of us recognize that just as one candle can bring light to others, one person can bring a lot of love to others. Each person matters. Hanukkah is about one candle and then one becoming two, going up to eight. Each one of us has to recognize that we are of infinite importance. And in order to make this world brighter, each one has to carry some light. There's a wonderful story of a town in the Northwest uh, that had a town hall that did not have any electricity. The only way to light the town hall was to each person carry a lantern. When all the people of the community came together, the room was illuminated fully. If some didn't come, there was a darkened area. We need everybody to carry that spiritual lantern uh, so that we have a lot more light, a lot more love in a world that truly depends uh, on it. So uh, happy Hanukkah to you. Merry Christmas to those uh, of uh, Christian tradition. Kwanzaa for those who celebrate that. And by the way, there are those who have no particular holiday this year. They're welcome too uh, in our family. There is room for all. We never close the doors to anyone. And that was a great message to leave everyone. But what would you say as your special prayer? God, when you created the world, you started with one. From one, there came many. May we live to see a day 
when we the many stand together as one. Amen. Amen. And this is my special prayer. Make this the last day, the very last day of your struggles, your suffering, your ill health, your misfortunes, your problems, your pain, your worries, your troubles, your trials and tribulations. May this be the first day. It is the first day of the rest of your life. May it be the beginning of the very best of your life with extraordinary wishes granted and dreams coming true. May this the most meaningful year of making more money, good health, good luck, good fortune, attracting special people and opportunities, creating magical memories, and manifesting marvelous miracles. And for me, Rabbi, it's always a miracle when you join our show, given your busy schedule, you're always multitasking, you're all over the pace, the next meeting, the next conference call. So we feel very blessed and humbled uh, by the fact that we can enjoy you and have you on our show. Well, it's an honor to be with you, and I only do it for you because I'm afraid of you. So uh, <laughs> thank, thank you. Listen, you are, you are a blessing. You're one of those candles. You're one of those candles that brings a lot of light to a lot of people. So uh, may your candle burn brightly for many years to come, and may we all be the beneficiaries uh, of that love. Thank you so much, Rabbi. And, folks, I'm going to close out the show with a Hanukkah show written by my friend Jeffrey Paul Bobrock, sung in his own beautiful voice. So this is a Hanukkah song to enjoy all of you. God bless you, Rabbi, you and yours. God bless America. God bless Israel. God bless Irene and her family. And God bless all our friends worldwide. Thank you, Rabbi. Really appreciate it. As he laughs in the mall Baby's crying as the mom strikes a pose Take a picture but ignore the running nose La 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 Ho 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 Feel a kiss under the mistletoe Have some food, take a long distance call A holy night, yeah, I love it Oh, oh, oh.
skinny love song And where it says you Substitute you It's true Happy Hanukkah, folks.